0: You have a head coach my friend yes. who wants to get the easy win then you have players players and fans who want to see virginia tech and lsu they don't want to see appalachian state they don't want to see easy non-conference games they want to see big time games like cal and tennessee i think athletic directors have to listen to the players and i think it's a mixed bag you don't have to have all your tough games in a non-conference but at least one big-time opponent, maybe a second-tier opponent, and then a couple for Lee, and yeah, I have a couple cupcakes. <laughs> but than that, these 1AA these, these teams should not be on the schedule for Michigan, Ohio State, Alabama. Teams like that have no business playing 1AA team. Yeah! Yeah! The
1: Mountaineers have just beat the Michigan Wolverines! The Mountaineers of Appalachian State have just beat. It never gets old. Happy 10-year anniversary, App State beat Michigan on September 1st, 2007. Welcome to the Unpacking It podcast. I'm Bryce Johnson. Hope you're doing great. And today's episode is a special one. I'm, of course, an App State grad, and so I love talking about all the, the teams and sports and everything going on. Uh, across the the country and world, but there's one team that holds a very special place in my heart, and that is the App State Mountaineers, and so today, I have an excuse to talk about their big win from 10 years ago, and you might say, wait, 10 years, we're still talking about this? You better believe it, because, hey, has there been a better upset since? I I, I don't think so. Now, you can argue maybe there are some better games here or there. But as far as upsets go and as far as the impact that that game had on the game of college football, on the town of Boone, on the school, App State, on all those players and coaches that were involved in that game on both sides, all the fans, for a guy like me who was was a student at the time, I was working on the college radio station, was also working on a station in Boone, and, and, and so the impact that that had on my sports career or broadcasting career was huge. And, and so today, we, we think back to 10 years ago. It was, uh, it was a ton of fun to, to experience that and the memories that are associated with that from a school standpoint, as a fan standpoint, a family standpoint. It was awesome. So I want to share an interview with you today with one of the coaches from that game and his name is Mark Spear. He's now the head coach at Western Carolina, but he was key in the success of that program because he was the recruiting coordinator during the the, the glory years. Uh, App State's still awesome, so they've moved up to a new level, and it's kind of a new era. It's a new story now, um, and they've got Georgia Saturday night, which I'll be at that game, so hopefully we'll we'll bring some of the some of the uh, the, the Michigan ness that we had at that at that that wonderful day ten years ago, um, but again, it could never it can never recreate or or be on that same level that it was that type of upset that we saw. So even if App State beat Georgia, it wouldn't be as surprising. You talk about beating Michigan as a one double A school when they were number five in the country, it, it was incredible. So I'm actually going to play an audio piece that I put together while I was still in college of all the clips following that game and even leading up to it and, and just some cool stuff. So we'll, we'll play that before the interview. Enjoy the interview. Then stick around at the end of the interview. I've got one more clip for you from PTI, which is just kind of my favorite sports show. So their recap of the game was pretty cool too. Uh, Dan Lebetard was actually filling in for Mike Wilbon. So you'll, you'll take a listen to that. And and then also I'll I'll give just a few thoughts at the end of the interview on on what Coach Spear talked about. Um, but real quickly, I just want to let you know: uh, check out unpackingit.com to find out more about this podcast, our radio show, our devotionals. It's unpackingit.com. dot com. And also want to thank one of our partners, Uncommon. All right, they're an organization that encourages men. To be the husband dad and leader we were always meant to be and they provide blogs videos and other great content and their mantra is don't be a jack all right so you can visit them over at uncommon.org that's uncommon spelled u-n-c-o-m-m-e-n.org so here's a little audio from app state and michigan Nothing can match what happened at the Big House in Ann Arbor today. Michigan, number five in the land, taking on two-time FCS, one double A, national champion, Appalachian State. Appalachian State giving us the storyline of the day. But well, you need a tune-up game. A tune-up game? Yeah, in college we start every season against Appalachian State or some slack division two team. Get their confidence up. <laughs>
0: Coach, one of the greatest
1: I mean, this is this is not just probably the worst loss of the Lloyd Carr era. It could very argue, arguably be the worst loss in Michigan history. And people are angry. People are somber. And I think there's more anger than somber. Well, Scott and I were just talking, though. Appalachian Tays won two straight two titles. to titles. not like they're scrubs.
0: They could compete at the lower level of the Big Ten year in and year out. I'm convinced of that. Michigan, the only top ten team to lose in the first weekend of the college football season. You have no idea how many problems happen in the locker room when you lose, particularly to Appalachian State. Well, they got a lot of speed and quickness, and they got a very mobile quarterback. Uh, you know, this thought to be a game where Michigan's size would be too dominant, but the quickness of Appalachian was prevalent throughout the game. This wasn't an upset based on what I saw those two teams. That's, Appalachian State was a better team
1: today. Michigan's core of seniors, Chad Henney, Mike Hart, Jake Long, they came back to finish business. Thought they could win the national championship. Mark, that, that deal's over. You're, you're not winning the national championship if you lose to a team, no matter how good one double-A team is, to lose to Appalachian State. It's that, over. That dream is shattered for those three players. And it's, um, to lose a game like this, in your backyard, in your home stadium, a game that you scheduled to win, that your alumni are there, that you're expecting to win with your fans.
0: Michigan running back Mike Hart refused to make any excuses for what Appalachian State pulled off, other than they were the better team on Saturday. Hart said I wouldn't call it embarrassing because that takes away from them. Appalachian State beat him today, and I want to tell you, ladies and gentlemen, it was no fluke. I mean, they just flat act got after him and got after him good.
1: Man, I love that. So many good clips. And just to to think back at how that game rocked that first weekend of college football and, and was a big story even for the rest of the year. And the fact that it's still remembered and talked about ten years later, it's just great. and And so, even at the beginning uh, of this podcast, I played that Kirk herb Street quote and and audio from right before the game. It was college game day and And you know, just the this concept of of people talking about Appalachian State and they didn't even know how to say our name didn't even know a lot of a lot of people didn't even know where we were from. I remember as I was walking into the stadium because I, I went to the game, the, the fans were pretty nice, but they were condescending like they, they were, hey, come check out our, our tailgate. But they were, oh, where, where are you guys from? Some little town in in uh, the mountains of North Carolina and, you know, kind of mocking us a little bit. And so I go, yeah, yeah, we'll I'll talk to you afterward. <laughs> I don't remember what I said to them but uh, but it was it was funny. So. Uh, to listen to the analysts and, and and just get their their response to it uh, is pretty neat and so now my conversation with coach mark spear we'll talk about where he's at now but then we'll spend a ton of time talking about app state and michigan and all of his memories here we go Our guest today is the head football coach at Western Carolina, where he's been since the 2012 season. Before that, he spent nine years at Appalachian State and served as the recruiting coordinator and assistant coach. During his time at ASU, the team won three consecutive national championships and had a historic win at Michigan. September 1st is the 10-year anniversary of the huge win, and I'm thrilled to be joined by Coach Mark Spear to talk about that game, the upcoming season, faith and family, coach thanks so much for joining us how are you
0: i'm doing great appreciate you having me on the show
1: well well i'm psyched to have you and we're going to talk about the the big game but but you've also got a a huge game coming up to to start the season for for western in hawaii so so how you feeling about the upcoming season for your football team and 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 how this work out to to start it in hawaii
0: well, it's uh, we're excited to get this season uh, rolling, and uh, what a way to start it out with a trip to Hawaii! It's, <laughs> it's been a little bit of a logistical nightmare, but once we uh, we leave here Wednesday night, it's going to be a great uh, trip for our players. You know, we're we're going out there with. Uh, same mentality we had at app state when we uh, hopped on a plane to go to michigan you know 10 years ago but uh yeah uh you know, it, you know it's uh uh gonna be a great trip for our student athletes and our coaches and you know we're going out there just as we did 10 years ago and, and we're going out there to win a football game we want to play well and end up having a chance to win the thing in the fourth quarter and we I've had a great preseason and, and feel like we're going to have a, a really good football team. You know, when you speak of Appalachian, it's uh, it's kind of like we're getting the band back together. We've got uh, uh, coach John Wiley, who was the defense coordinator uh, there at Michigan and all those three national championships. He's our new defensive coordinator, brand yeah. new to our team this year. Brad Glenn and, uh, was a coach on that team. who's our offense coordinator now and, then we have John holton Pat mills who uh yeah. were at Michigan as players That's so right. we've got uh, it's kind of like uh, we I tell guys we're getting the band back together just <laughs> at a at a different venue but uh but we're excited about the 2017 season here at western and and uh, we we uh, feel like uh, we're going to be a lot better last year we struggled but uh, uh we feel like it's going to be um, a lot better a better season for us. We struggled mightily on defense and mm. had a, had a change. And, and Coach Wiley's just brought that upstate winning attitude. To be honest with you, here nice. and, and our defense has fell in love with him and they're playing hard and playing fast. So we're really really excited about the 2017
1: season. Oh, that that's great to hear. And of course, it's it's a business trip. You got to go win a football game. But but what about the the waves and the ocean out there? How, how does that fit into the trip?
0: Well, we're going to definitely let our players enjoy Hawaii a little bit. Cool. We're flying out early Thursday morning, um, and uh, we're going to get there and practice. And actually, my first game as an Appalachian State Mountaineer in 2003 was Hawaii. And oh, so I've okay. done this trip, you know, as a football team before, and we're actually mimicking kind of what we did there when I was app. So we're going to get there and practice. Uh, because of the time change, uh, yeah. we've got a direct flight. And then uh, we're going to practice. And then afterwards, we're going to give them some free time Thursday night uh, because, hey, that's what we do here <laughs> You know, when we're at home. We, we give them free time Thursday night. And uh, obviously, we will going to have a curfew and all that. But uh, Friday, we're going to practice Friday morning and go visit Pearl Harbor. Oh. And then after Pearl Harbor, we're going to have a couple of uh, – um, uh we're gonna get about two hours on friday to kind of in midday to kind of enjoy out on the beach and and then friday afternoon or evening we're gonna get into game mode and we play six o'clock on saturday uh which is midnight here but we don't fly out until sunday uh, at four so we don't depart the hotel till one o'clock so they're gonna have all sunday morning to get out in the beach play around so (laughs) <laughs> we're definitely keeping it very much game light, but, yep. you know, Sunday, we're going to let them uh, enjoy Hawaii. So, uh, so it's going to be a great, great trip for our student-athletes, and then we get right into our schedule. And then we end the year at the University of North Carolina. So, oh, I told cool. everybody this is our Sea to Shining Sea tour this <laughs> year, and uh, start in the Pacific and end in the Atlantic. Oh, so, uh,
1: that's great. Uh,
0: yeah, we're looking forward to it. It's going to be an exciting season for us.
1: Very cool. Now, that's awesome to hear. Coach Mark Spear, head coach of Western Carolina, joining us here on Unpacking It, their first game against Hawaii. Well, 10 years ago, Coach Spear was an assistant coach with Appalachian State and, and – we're talking right now the week leading up to the first game of the season, and that year the first game was against Michigan up at the Big House. It's crazy to think it's been 10 years ago. I was in the crowd as a fan. And so just even as you as you hear about the anniversary, h- how often do you think about that game, and, and, and what do you think about when you do think about it?
0: Well, there's so many times that – as I'm out, uh, you know, in my role as a head coach here at Western, and people will read my bio or, you know, somebody's announcing where I'm speaking and and they say a former coach at App State, and the first question uh, (laughs) I get is, were you there? It's not, were you there when you won the three national championships? Were you there when you beat Michigan? That's right. And uh, I was actually golfing at a Catamount Club, um, one of our Catamount Club golf events mm-hmm. in Hayesville, North Carolina, this summer, and uh, the guy who was actually hosting it uh, had some buddies, business associates that were down. They played in the tournament, and they were from Michigan. They had nothing oh. to do with the Catamount Club, and they <laughs> found out that I had coached it out. And they, oh. uh, at the end of the deal, they gave they had written up a bill that I owed $600 for the TV that they tore up that game. So
1: forever
0: you're associated with that game. And when people find out, you know, that's very few guys remember that we won three national championships. It's you're the team that beat Michigan. So it was such a historic, uh, game and, and none of, we knew it was big at the time, but none of us knew the magnitude, of of that game. And, uh, I don't think it really processed till later, but there's not many months that go by that somebody doesn't bring up the Michigan game.
1: I'm right there with you. Same in my, my life. It just, it just comes up in conversation, which is always fun to, to relive. And, and so I'm curious from your perspective, then what was the week like leading up to that game? And, and even the night before, like, like what was the tone, the attitude, the, the conversations with the players?
0: Well, to be honest with you, we thought we were going to play well. I, I don't think anybody in their wildest imagination, uh, you know, mm. said we're going to go beat Michigan. <laughs> but we did feel like we were going to play well. I remember early in the week, you know, I was a defensive line coach, and, and I remember the offensive guy saying they can't run. Mm. You know, we feel like we're going to score some points. And, I remember we were thinking. I don't know what they're smoking in there, but we need some in this room because they were returning. You know, Mike Hart and All American, Jake Long was the number one uh, offensive tire. He was the number one player taken in the draft. They had yep. two more few first round draft picks and uh, Manningham and and uh, and Chad Henney the quarterback. Still and They had all come back to win a national championship that year. And the, and I know offensively they were really good, and but our offense kept saying they cannot run, and and uh, you know so we did actually feel like we were going to play good, and you know Coach Moore just always talked about let's go have a chance to win this thing in the fourth quarter, and and we felt like if we do that we would win because they couldn't flip the switch; it would be too late. Yeah, for them. And Coach talked about it. it'll be too late. We just got to get them to the fourth. And they can't flip the switch, and and lo and behold, it's like he was a prophet. We called him Master Yoda because he <laughs> could just do the force and and uh, make it work. But uh, you know, we we did again. Thought we'd play well, and and um, you know, it 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 got to the fourth quarter with a chance to win it, and our guys believed because you know we went down there. Uh, you know, they, they went surging ahead and it looked like they were going to pull it out. But our guys never wavered because Coach Moore had, had always instilled that let's have a chance to win in the fourth quarter and, and, and we'll do it. And I remember uh, one of the few things that I've told people when they've asked me about it, you know, they said, what's something that nobody knows? Mm. Thursday before we left on Friday, a major thunderstorm, and this was before the indoor um, happened and we didn't practice on Thursday. And that's your oh. big polish day. That's your that's your day to say, okay, here's our last run. It's not a hitting day and all mm-hmm. that. It's lot, your last huge yeah. mental day. And uh, Coach Moore said, well, and I'll never forget it. We were sitting on the back porch there at old Owens Field House, And Coach Moore said, I, we don't need to practice. We're ready. And wow! it was just that confidence.
1: Yeah. You know, and
0: the rest of us assistant coaches are saying, He's lost it, you know, <laughs> we're playing Michigan. <laughs> but I remember coach it was kept on thunderstorming, hey, we're gonna have to wait thirty more minutes, which is protocol. 30, you know, every time yep. lightning strikes, thirty more minutes. And finally coach said, Uh, we don't need to practice, we're ready. Awesome. And uh and we didn't even practice the Thursday before before Michigan and, and uh That's
1: why. Yeah, you know, that's
0: a story that a lot of people don't know, but uh, that's no. how much confidence and that, that Coach Moore had in our preparation and, and uh, you know, that confidence. And it wasn't false confidence. No. And, and, again, no. none of us knew that we were going to go beat Michigan, but we did go up there feeling like we were going to play good. And Coach always, and I still use it to this day, uh, it, it wasn't a money game. It was an opportunity game. Yeah. You know, and to this day I still use that term as we're getting ready for, you know, the bigger schools because uh, you know, it's an opportunity for us to go uh, do something special. So, uh, you know, like I said, we had a lot of confidence uh, going into that week and, 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 Thought we would play well. We just didn't know uh, we were going to play
1: that well. <laughs> That's right. Well, we're talking to Mark Spear, head coach at Western Carolina, former App State assistant coach and, and part of the App State uh, win at Michigan. And so it's the 10-year anniversary this weekend, and, and we're just reminiscing a, a little bit. And so uh, take us into the, the, the halftime in the locker room and, and then also on the sideline. What was kind of the, just the, the feeling or the atmosphere of players and coaches?
0: Well, our players felt like they could play with them because we were in much, much better shape than they were. They were bending over. They yeah, our yep. tempo they hadn't seen tempo like ours. The Big Ten back then was just a power football eye running and and we had that tempo going and they were tired. And our players knew it and uh, you know, they were over there on the sideline saying, They're tired, let's keep it going. You know, and and that gave our players more confident confidence that our training had prepared us for that moment, and we knew uh, that we had to be in great shape, and and uh, so that that helped our confidence. And all you know, and again, you go back to Master Yoda, Coach Moore. All preseason, he talked about blocking field goals, mm. and and he hadn't in the past. Mm. You know, we, we'd done it, but he had put a real emphasis on blocking field goals yeah. that preseason. And, and uh, shoot, there we go. And, and we what people don't remember, we blocked two field goals that game. Everybody remembers the <laughs> last right. one, Corey. Oh, yeah. They don't remember two series before when Brian Quick That's right. uh, blocks one that, that makes all the difference. But, you know, it was all about our preparation. And then when we were in great shape, that just gave our players all that confidence in the world that, hey, they they can't last four, round, you know, four quarters with us. Let's yep. get to the fourth win and they can't last. And then at halftime, you know, we're up. And, and I remember and it's, it was documented a lot, but there goes Coach Moore again. He's preparing them. Yep. And, our, and our guys, they were, you know, they had a bangle. They had a bounce in their step going mm. into the locker room. But once we got in there, it was business as usual. Coaches were making adjustments. Uh, players, you know, were just sitting there. They weren't all giddy like little teenage girls. They <laughs> they were focused and about the business. And then Coach Moore steps in and, and says, hey, you know, you're going to get their very best shot. You've woken them up. Mm. You know, they believe you're a good football team now. Now, here's how you break their will. You know, he didn't. And that was his word. Here's how you break the will. We got to sustain their big surge. He said, you're going to get everything that Ohio state, they give Ohio state that they give Michigan state, you know, that they give Wisconsin, you made them believers. Now here's how you break the will. You withstand the surge. Wow. And that's the term he used. And so we get out there and, and, uh, you know, we played a good early third, and then, then we had a turnover, mm-hmm. and that's when momentum started to, sh- to switch. Yep. But at the end of the day, we were in better shape, and that gave our guys all the confidence. And, and then he just kept hearing Coach Moore say, we've got to get to the fourth quarter. <laughs> and, you know, it's kind of like <laughs> Coach Moore was a prophet, and he knew how it was going to go because of this stuff he'd been talking about Early August, oh. and it, and oh. it just kind of unfolded. Uh, it's like did just like it, and then what better guy than than Corey Lynch to yep. to go and uh, you know s- seal the deal and 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 be a part of that. So uh, it was just an unbelievable, uh, unbelievable day. That's you know that's one of those biggest days of, of your life kind of moment right you know not as big as your kids and your marriage but, oh, yeah. but you know as far as a uh, you know fun selfish uh, you know kind of earthly worldly thing that's as, you know that's right there at the top
1: um, I'm right there with you I, I experienced with my my two brothers my dad my three uncles and my grandpa and it was as memorable <laughs> as as can be so as someone in the crowd we were feeling it, of course, and so it was, it was just a, such a, uh, an amazing day, and we're talking to Coach Mark Spear, head coach at Western Carolina, former App State assistant coach, and, and you mentioned Corey Lynch, and, and I wanted to get your insight, too, just on, on the character of that team, and, and of course, three national championships, and then everybody talks about the win at Michigan, but there was a common theme during that, that era where faith was so crucial to that locker room from, from coach Moore down and then key key leaders like Corey Lynch and Nick Cardwell and, and Trey elder and from your perspective, just experiencing the, the, the character and the, and the, the, the faith inside that locker room. What do you remember from that, that era?
0: Well, it's very vivid. Um, you know, I remember Wednesday night Bible study there, that room would be full mm. and, Um, they wouldn't let a coach in or anybody else in. It was just them. And I remember Friday nights, uh, a a large group of them would pray over the field. They'd go pray in in each teammate's locker. They'd they'd pray for that guy for the next day. They would walk. Coach Moore called me in one night after the team meeting. He said, come here, watch this. And they looked like little ants, because (laughs) it's dark and our our, our windows looked out over the field. You see little ants walking around the field and they were just all over the field uh praying nick cardwell would read second samuel chapter 23 uh a, a long portion of it uh, that was the last thing they heard before they would leave the locker room that was pre pregame speech and and uh you know it was, it was a group that was tight knit i was mm-hmm. at uh, alaska this summer matter of fact i uh uh went my, with my oldest son and, and we uh Went to Samaritan's Purse Operation Hill or Patriots in Port Alsworth, Alaska, and volunteered for two weeks. Yeah. And Corey was there. Yeah. Uh, Corey, you right. uh, know, is Franklin's uh, uh, son in law, yep. Franklin grandson in law. And uh, while we were there serving uh, or volunteering, uh, Corey showed up for a long weekend and we set up till one o'clock in the morning. And we didn't talk about the championships for Michigan. Well, we talked about how that team got exactly what you're talking about. Mm because that's what we're trying to 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 get going here at Western. And, and it doesn't happen overnight. No. You know, it, it it's a process. And, and sometimes I get discouraged that, it, that it's not what's, you know, how I remember it at that, but that was such a key part of the chemistry and the bond of that team. And uh, I guess two years ago, or a little, yeah, about two years ago, the book, that, the big book that just came out, I know the writer came and talked to John, Holt and Pat Mills who were on our staff, and he talked to me, but he just wanted players, but he talked to me because I was a recruiting coordinator. That's right. And 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 he said, give me some stories on some of these, you know, recruits and all. And but one thing he said is I kind of brought up the Bible study at one point. He said, Coach, every player I've talked to, mm. at some point in the conversation, he gets to that Wednesday night Bible study. Yep. And he said, That just is intriguing. And this guy is not a I don't, I don't know his faith, but it was nothing to do with faith-based, faith base, But he said, every player i talked to at one point or another, gets to that Wednesday night Bible study. and uh, You know, so it, it's, it's, it was no, no question that, uh, you know, that if you had a bunch of guys that, that faith was important and, you know, the relationship was important and those, Two big commandments of, uh, you know, uh, love love God and then love your neighbor. Yep. That was truly what was happening because they didn't care. You know, you had Armani Edwards, Kevin Richardson. You had Brian Quick. I mean, you had NFL players and, and, and all Americans, and none of them cared. Hmm. Got, they just wanted to win, and yep. they wanted to see each other do good. And it wasn't, well, I'm not getting my touches this week or, you know, he's getting the ball more than I am or they knew their day was coming and they were just excited about their teammates and, you know, that our team was winning and they were excited for their teammates that when they did well. And that was something that came through those Bible studies and that that time together and, Just being around a guy like Coach Moore, you just knew the things he said. You know, some coaches, when they say, we're going to go play well at Michigan, they think, well, that's Coach (laughs) trying to motivate me, you know, because he wants to do good. You know, every player and every coach on that staff, there was no doubt Coach Moore believed that in his heart because he believed that in those players because he knew what those players were made of. Mm. And and he knew they could go do that in his heart. He believed it. And, you know, I remember him saying uh, one time on a punt return, talking to Dexter Jackson, he says, you're going to shock with your speed. Well, he didn't with a punt return, but he did <laughs> with two slants, you know. And yep. it was just eerie, the things that Coach Moore said. But he believed them with his heart, you mm. know. One cool story I tell on my youngest son, Jackson, Jackson had to be. I think he was six years old, and every night, you know, he he would start out with. uh, Now I laid me down to sleep. He would say his prayer, and then at the end of his the prayer, then he would say whatever. You know, he had that standard prayer. And for this is true story, so help me. Uh, For for (laughs) for one solid month, he'd say, and I pray Daddy's team will beat Michigan. Wow! And me and my wife, we would laugh. (laughs) You know, we thought he was funny, and, uh, but for a solid month, he was saying, let the age team beat Michigan. Uh, and uh, and that's something that's still written in my Bible, the, the, the righteous prayer of a child. And I said, you know, it's right there if you'll just believe. It. Jackson, I, we tell everybody, the only two who believed it was Coach Morgan Jackson, <laughs> my youngest son. And, uh, you know, he, he showed me the power of prayer, uh, faithful, righteous prayer. But, uh, that's right. you know, uh, and the faith of a child, you know, because uh, Jackson prayed it. So anytime we need something, we say we better ask Jackson.
1: <laughs> oh, <laughs> that's one cool. Up
0: cause, but uh, you know, that's there's so many story. deep memories like that uh, that are faith based, which is which is really awesome.
1: Yeah, well, and and even just being a student there, and 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 you know, knowing some of the players, and and it was a real thing, and it was just it just seems so unique and special. And so to look back ten years. And, you know, everybody will be talking about the just the amazing upset when you go a little bit deeper and you recognize what was really going on behind the scenes and and who these people were at that time and the impact they were having on the on the campus, let alone in the locker room and then what they're doing now. Um, you know, you mentioned Corey Lynch and and just some of these guys that have now gone on to coach and, and, and the guys like you who are an assistant to now be in in charge. And as a head coach, it's just cool. Just all that God has done through that. And, and that, that one win. And for me, even to be a student there to now host a radio show where I can talk about faith and and talk about this, this game. It's cool that there, there's just a lot of layers to, to what took place 10 years ago uh, up at the big house. So, so I appreciate you sharing all that.
0: Well, God's still working miracles. We just all got to open, our, open up our eyes and see him, you know. That's and, it. <laughs> he's still a great God. And, and I appreciate you having us on on your radio show. And It's cool to reminisce about uh, about that great event 10 years ago. And it is hard to believe it's 10 years ago. It's- I know my son's a uh, walk-on quarterback at App right now. And yeah. He's in that locker room. As uh, an 11 year old, standing beside Jeez. Coach Moore at the end of the game. So <laughs> it's cool to see it come full circle for him.
1: Big time. Well, well yeah, real real quickly as we end, uh, your, your son, you, he's a red shirt quarterback, freshman, red shirt freshman quarterback. Uh, How did he decide yeah. to, to go to app?
0: Because his mama didn't want him to play for the guy at Western. But <laughs> no, no, he just, uh, just the opportunity there. He grew yeah. up there. And, a lot of respect for coach Satterfield He's one of my best friends in the world and oh, so cool. it's, it's a good opportunity for him he's having a ball
1: awesome awesome well good stuff well well, coach thanks so much for taking the time wish you the best this weekend in Hawaii and and, and thanks for uh, going down memory lane with us today on unpacking it
0: well sounds great and all I can say this week's aloha
1: <laughs> that's pretty good enjoy enjoy some waves yes, too sir. There, there's coach yes, sir take care you too coach I hope you enjoyed those stories and memories from Coach Mark Spear and really just appreciate him taking the time, especially as he's preparing for his own team and, and the team that he coaches now. And it's just neat to see how that, that app win and the success that they had led to other opportunities for the coaches and players involved. Uh, one of my roommates at the time was, I don't even know what his title was, but he was like just a, a, a grad assistant or, or less and now he's got a key role at UNC, um, and so it's just it's just so there's just so many stories of guys that that just got that experience and were a part of something special, and it really helped them out in the long run. So that's kind of the story for for Coach Mark Spear. Um, the one big thing and takeaway, uh, of course, for for me and and, and unpacking it, and, and we're all about you know sports fans following Jesus. It was cool to hear. Uh, Coach Spears' perspective on the faith of the team, because I witnessed it just being a student there, and it, it really was true. I mean, these guys—they were involved in in the local churches, and and they, when they could, they were involved with other ministries on campus. But it really was about their their Bible study, that team Bible study, where a good majority of the team went to it. Like I, I maybe not everybody necessarily um you know was really following Jesus at that time but that was that was kind of the expectation that hey this is the makeup of our team we're going to do this with with character and we're going to follow the leaders of this team and those leaders are are actually followers of Jesus and and so when your head coach is 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 just an incredible man um and he sets that tone it, it was cool. It really was. And it, listen, I'm not. I, I don't know if you know. God, we're actually going to have a guy on our show who talks about does God care about who wins? And it's not so much about that, but what it is about that God has used that win for his for his glory, and and just a lot of the stories that that have come out of that. Uh, God can use a win like that, and he strengthened them. To be in a position to win that game, and he blessed a lot of those guys. There's no question about that, um, and so doesn't you know that's a whole other topic. But but anyway, uh, you could tell that there's just from from coach talking about it. They they were a team of prayer and belief and faith in each other, but but beyond that, um, in 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 God, and and so their uh, their their faith was was real. So so I just wanted to share that with our listeners today. Uh, so I hope you were encouraged by that. Um, one other thought as we kind of wrap things up today, and I'll, I'll play this clip from PTI. It, it, was, it, it was such a neat experience from start to finish for me personally because it began when we knew the game was taking place. We camped out for tickets. And the funny thing is we didn't even need to do it because the truth is not many students went to the game. Because they 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 weren't as diehard. Like only the very diehard fans went to Michigan, and and almost you had to you had to have some belief as a fan that 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 app could beat Michigan in order to to go on a I think it was a fifteen hour bus ride at twelve at least twelve, but uh, or we not a bus ride a van ride it, we we rented or we borrowed my buddy's mom's minivan and five of us I think. Crammed in there, five or six of us, and and we drove, you know, from the mountains up to Michigan. We stopped at the the Hall of Fame along the way in Canton, Ohio, and and so it was just it was just all of it from camping out to not even needing to, but hey, we did it. It was part of the the deal, and and then when we when we actually won, on our way back, we we would stop at restaurants or, or gas stations. And we were wearing all of our app gear. And, and maybe we pretended like we were players. <laughs> I got to confess that today. Uh, we would at least joke around a little bit because uh, anybody in Michigan or Ohio didn't know necessarily. But when we were in Ohio driving back, they loved us. <laughs> but if we stopped at other places, I don't think those Michigan fans or, or Michigan people were too thrilled about us. They were like, get out of our state. Hit, get, hit the road. There's the exit get on out of town but Ohio loved us you know, people at Penn State loved us and and uh, Wisconsin I mean all sorts of teams uh, with all those fans were buying App State gear and and all that kind of stuff so that that was really fun too and as we were driving home this great minivan ended up getting a flat tire but because of everything we experienced nobody cared we were just like Oh, well, we just beat Michigan. Who cares about a flat tire? So that was, that was kind of funny, too. But I could go all day, tell you all sorts of stories, but maybe we'll save it for the 15- or 20-year anniversary. Um, but, uh, but it was a special day. Thanks for, uh, thanks for listening, allowing me to share all this with you today. One final clip from PTI. Enjoy. Here's what's amazing, though. Tone Appalachian State had more turnovers than Michigan. They had the same number of penalties. Michigan had a 188-yard rusher, a huge late play from its first-round receiver, and a good quarterback game. In other words, this wasn't really a fluke, was it? That's a rhetorical question. You don't really mean that. I do you mean that. You don't want to. You don't want to take the Lou Holtz position which he took on television, that this wasn't an upset. I this saw is Appalachian the State's receiver run away from the entire Michigan secondary. This is the biggest secondary. upset in the history That's, of college football. Michigan is not a real number five. I'm not diminishing the upset. What I'm saying is that Appalachian they State may not deserved be, to win that game. They, they have as much talent on that field as who they were oh, playing yeah, again. You and Holtz, you're from the moon. This is the biggest upset ever. They may not be a real number five, but they're
0: Michigan. A year ago, if I'm not mistaken, they were undefeated the going team. into the Ohio they lost State their whole game defense. playing essentially lost for the national championship. They're, they a lost one, their whole defense. One double-A team is not supposed to beat Michigan at Michigan, no matter but how it, bad it, Michigan they is. They went
1: into their home and they the statistical discrepancies, there weren't any. They played them down for down. Fine. It wasn't because Michigan was flat. Listen carefully. It's because Appalachian State had a receiver who could run That's faster true. than Michigan's entire secondary. And second. that should be. not have happened.